Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. At Consumer Cellular, you get the same exact coverage as the largest carriers, but for up to half the cost. Same thing, up to half the cost. Up to half the cost for the same thing. 50% the money for 100% the same thing. I hope I'm making myself clear. Consumer Cellular. When freedom calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 5-gigabyte data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon May 2023. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. All right. Hey, welcome to the Boulet Kev Show, man. Hope everyone is uh, enjoying their evening, etc. Whatever time of day you're listening to this shit, all right? Hey, listen, we got a dope episode with Drag On, man. Rough Riders own the legendary Drag On. If you grew up like me listening to DMX, listening to just Rough Riders, those compilations album, you know all about Drag, man. Drag was like, he was like the proof, that uh, Eminem's proof. You know how proof is... What the fuck am I trying to say? He was the proof to DMX's Eminem? You know what I mean. Shout out to Drag, man. All right. Listen, um, had a dope conversation with him. Unfortunately, the audio got a little fucked up. So if you notice, the audio sounds a little weird. Shit happens on our end. It's all right. It's still still a good uh, listen. So check it out. Drag on. Talking about all kinds of shit. DMX passing away, obviously. Some dope Rough Rider stories. Uh, shout out to our sponsors, though. Odd Socks, man. Those guys. Woo! Much love to Odd Socks. Go to oddsocksofficial.com. Use the keyword bootleg kev. Save 20% off. That's oddsocksofficial.com. Keyword bootleg kev. And you will save 20% off. Now, let me tell you something, man. Odd Socks not only got the craziest socks, they got also underwear now. They got the draws for you, man. The, the real dope fitted briefs for you, all right? Plus masks, slippers, all that. From your favorite licenses, yo, WWE, you're a wrestling fan, they got you. Some Nickelodeon stuff. How about some Hey Arnold? How about some of your favorite cereals? How about some Tony the Tiger joints, some Fruity Loops? You know what I'm saying? Uh, how about Scarface? Whatever you need, they got oddsocksofficial.com, keyword bootleg cap. Hey, let's get into this interview with Drag On right now. Yo, Bootleg Cap Podcast, special guest, man. Yes. The Drag On is here. Right, what's going on, bro? Welcome, man. Yes, welcome, man. You know, I'm here. Yes, you are. Um, yo, so you just put your uh, first album out in how many years? My last album was Helen Back, so I think that dropped in 03 or 04. So that was my last album. So that's almost 20 years, yeah, 20 years. Because I mean, it's close to 20. Why, why, like, what happened? What has been going on with you? Like, why have has it taken that long to put a project out, man? Well, in 
06, no, 07 or 08, I had to get my releasement from one for Rough Riders, so I finally got my releasement, but it took me years to fight them to really get out of my contract with that. And then um, and then by the time I got out of my contract in 08, I had my daughter. Mm. Me going back and forth with lawyers and stuff like that, trying to get out of my contract, made me go broke. Yeah. So I went uh, I went broke. I was twisted. My baby mom was taking care of me for the first two, three years. And I mean, you know, uh, you know I mean, and uh, then after that, uh, I mean, uh, it took me a while just to really start generating some money again. Or I'm saying, so that was like a real setback because now I done used all my money to get out of my contract, but it wasn't like I had other deals on the table. Right. But got a daughter now, which is on the table now. So, you know, I mean, you know, with me just dealing with that, and you know, but by the same time, um, in '06, I started. My company hood environment that I'm putting out all my music on now, it just took ten years for everybody to catch on because people didn't catch on to it till like 2015, 2016, mm. and then people started catching on to what I'm doing and stuff like that. But you know, it's just been a grind. Worry, you find know because I was doing the real independent everything out of pocket. Yeah, I think it's dope, like for you to be so transparent with that because I feel like a lot of people they might see rappers and think well you know this guy was on rough riders he had a deal he had two major out uh, major label releases and and uh you know sometimes like a lot of times rather like you're like like it's 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 hard to get really really rich off a of rap you know what i'm saying like you might get an advance but you're obviously going to spend that and then once that's spent it's like you know, so so I think that's dope because a lot of people got to understand both sides of the coin. You know what I'm saying? Like, at the end of the day, everyone's bills need to get paid. That's right. Everyone's bills got to get paid. Everybody uh, is parents now, you know what I'm trying to say? So, you know, and everybody got responsibilities at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it was a real grind for me, world, you know what I'm trying to say? Because I didn't really have too much bread. And then I was trying my best not to go back to the street mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And then... Eventually, I eventually had to go back to hustling on the street, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I was using that money to bring myself back into the forefront. It took a couple years because my career was pretty much over in 05, I would say, 05, 06, my shit was done. So, like so you had to go back to to get, to get putting your feet in the streets and, and yeah. getting money that way? Damn. Yo, it's crazy because I always think of your story as like kind of like a what if. Like, damn, like, Rough Rider is the hottest shit moving in music, period, right? Like, I went to the Hard Knock Life tour, and I left before Jay-Z got on. Mm. Like, I literally was there to see DMX. That was it. That's crazy. I was there. I think Jay did one song, and we, me and my cousins left. I was 13, maybe. But we were there for DMX. <laughs> that was it. You know what I mean? But, like, you were, like, the, the perceived heir apparent to the throne of Rough Riders. It, it was like, you were on, it's dark and hell is hot. You were on Flesh of My Flesh. You you were on the, you know, the Rough Riders, those Rough Rider compilations were crazy. Like, uh, and it really felt like they were positioning you to be like, okay, we got X as the, the flagship, but we, but obviously we got to have some, some young, young guns as well. What, what do you think went wrong in regards to, 
your career and maybe just the whole entire Rough Rider situation because it definitely there could have been worse situations for you to be a part of at, at that time because at that time that was the that brand was scorching. Yeah, I mean you know like what like what hurt me was that I never really had like a manager that was like fully behind me. You find what I'm saying? Like I always shared with DMX. You find what I'm saying? DMX was like a real protector for me, so. I mean, you know, I mean, like his management, I had that management. Uh, his movie agents, I had those movie agents. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, I never really had, like... Your own people. I'm going hard for drag. Right. Just drag, you know what I'm saying? I never had a movie agent that was like, okay, I'm going hard for just drag. You know what I'm trying to say? Me, I auditions for those parts because X put a good word in for me. Like, yo, I'm not going to shoot this X one unless you use drag on. That's my brother. He looked like me. That's my homie. It makes sense. The vibe is there. Let's go. And that's how I got that. Right. I and excellent ones. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, that's how I got in that movie. Yeah. And then it led to another movie and stuff like that. You know what I mean? But the reason why that stopped is because, uh, I mean, once something happened with him, as far as with Hollywood, shit all the you, time. It's out. Yeah. They, I, had they, the, yes. I had the same agent. Right. So it wasn't like it was somebody else that could be like, okay, well, drag is... Also, those agents, those managers, obviously DMX is going to be their priority because at the time he's probably bringing in so much money. You know what I mean? What he sold? What he sold? Thirty over, probably over thirty million records just in by itself. I don't know. It's crazy. I mean, and look, you did have a lot of people who we see come out of crews that are, you know are big like that don't get the chance to put out two albums. We see a lot of like people who are get signed. Like think about the, all the artists on Rough Riders that never even dropped an album. There was a lot. When I came to Rough Riders, it was Casino, Big Stan, Nardo. Yeah, like I go back. I go back to like the Rough Riders like compilations, and I see some of the artists. Was somebody named Parlay? Was there? Yeah, Parlay was the R and B group. Parlay. Uh, there was a. Was there someone named? I know. Remember Young Berg when he was a kid? Was was? Uh, oh yeah, I remember when we first met Young Berg. And X took Young Bird on. Uh, that was, we met him on What These Bitches Run from mm. that video set. Wow. He came through at like a little kid. You were from, but I ain't going front. He always, like, Young Bird was always like a boss, though. He's a very talented kid, man. He was a little kid when he came through. Right. But his entourage, he had like six different big. Like, Who is this? Yeah. Like, he always moved like a boss even before. He was that big. That's one thing that I can vouch for that dude. He always was a boss as a little kid. Still is, man. Doing his thing. Hit, shout out to Hitmaker, man. Yeah, shout out to Hitmaker. I ain't he, he always, like, when I met him, he was like, I don't know, 11, but bossing it. Like, he walked up on DMX with six big security guards like, what's up? That's nah, crazy. Man, that's how he got cool right for real. So he always was a boss. Um, at the peak of the Rough Rider shit, right, you're on tour your, I mean, shit has got to be great, but like, what, like, like, what point in time did you, like, do you remember vividly being like, oh shit, we're like the hottest motherfuckers in, in the world? Because legit, like, Rough Riders for like that run, man, there was nothing. It was like all this Puff Daddy shit was happening, and then boom, DMX came in, ripped all that shit away, and was like, nah, man, no more of that shiny suit shit. This is a whole new energy. I mean, you know, like what we did, we just made it fair for regular dudes on the street, like just regular dudes that just happened to be nice. We made it 
a big platform for them to be successful too. You don't necessarily gotta be uh, flying around in the video and stuff like that. No disrespect to the bad boy. I'm a big fan of that. Of course. Yeah, but no, but, but it was like you had that big budgets to do those kind of videos. Yeah, like you go back and to where we made it to where you can actually wear regular jeans and Timberlands and just tell the homies successful. to come out. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, obviously with X passing, man. Um, I mean, share your thoughts. Like, I've like, where were you at? Like, you know, obviously you and X had a very close brother brotherhood, and you know, I mean, that poster's been there since before he passed. X is one of my all time favorites. <laughs> you, you know, um, and I was I, shit. That shit had me fucked up, man. Driving through New York City, having Hot ninety seven on, and they're playing his shit. And I'm like, damn, man. Like, but but where 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 were you when you found out about it, man? I was in my room. His family actually called me. Not you know, like his actually blood family really called me and um, it was like drag and I mean, you know, we about to take him off of the uh, life support and stuff like that. So I kind of knew he passed away before a lot of people knew. You know, I mean, you know, like before the media uh, knew. You know, what I mean, so I was already hurting down. You know, what I'm saying? yeah, it's rough, man, because it felt like uh, we saw that versus with Snoop. It felt like he was in such a good place. Yeah, he was. He was so. I love to see him. I love to see him with a belly because I was like, oh, he's eating good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he eating good. And I mean, you know, like the greatest part about that too was that DMX is was always a Snoop Doggy Dog fan. Mm. So like when I was watching the verses and stuff like that, that's all I was thinking about. I'm saying because I know the type of fan he is for Snoop. You know what I'm saying? Like, he really respected. Like, like Snoop Dogg, he respect that dog right there. I ain't gonna front. That's one person that he always was a fan of. So that's why when you watch some of the verses, like, some of the records that he put on, do you see X get up like, oh, hold on, this was my... Like that He was really was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was real. You know what I mean? That was actually like, oh, snap, this is my joint right here. I'm on that. Was, was your relationship with X, uh, did you have one prior to the Rough Riders thing? Or did you, like, how, how did you come into the fold? Were you, like, a, like with him before the Rough Riders? Or, or like, like explain your guys' history. I, um, well, D, you know I mean? You know, D the general is the one that put me on the map. Okay. You know I mean? like, he's the one that believed in me first before everybody. And he brought me up to the studio. And... And it was like to battle DMX, but I didn't even know it was a battle because I, I never was battling at that time. You right. know what I'm I found out very fast, though. You know what I mean? As soon as I got in there, boom, he was right there. They didn't quite waste any time, too. I was like, I got there. What's up? How you doing? Yo, drag. What's up? All right. What's up? All right. Whoa, whoa. Yo, yo, my nigga, yo, turn that beat on right quick. Boom. And it was straight like that. And then he just started rapping, which was, and then I'm listening to his flow and his style delivery. One more. You want? I'm listening to all that. I'm like, okay. This dude is incredible right here. But at that time, I was so hungry, he found trying to say, so I still kept going back at him, back at him, back at him, back at him. And next thing you know, a whole hour went by, we was just... Back and forth, and trading and bars. Forth. And, and even though I lost that battle, like, the whole time. Yeah. Say we probably battled for an hour. I lost for an hour, you know what I mean? But he respected it. Like, you know what I mean? You know, like, to the max, like, he, he just was like, right, you know what? I think we're going to keep this dude right here. I like this dude. You know what I'm trying to say? And it was just something that he always said that was just in my eyes that reminded, I always just reminded uh, me of him. You know? Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah, I think like uh, you guys, were, it, was, it was It's almost like you guys were so synonymous with each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like, yo, you see DMX, you see drag. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? 
like like the whole Batman and Robin thing. Let me know that was set up. Us, our joint was actually genuine. Really like what year was that? Because obviously this was prior to his first album. So when, like, when was this? That was nineteen ninety seven. Ninety seven. Yep. Album came out in ninety eight. Yep. Album came out in ninety eight. After that, you know what I mean? You know, like right after we battled, it's like me and him got super cool. So our fathers had bought a house in North Carolina and sent us out there. So he worked on his first album and I worked on my first album. You know what I'm saying? So the opposite H2O. Opposite H2O. Yeah. yeah. At the same time with him in the house in North Carolina while he was working on his shit in the room, I probably was in another room in my room upstairs working on my shit. Do you, you know, it's, there's so many profound songs on his first album. Um, I think that uh, Damien is one that uh, always sticks out to me as one of my favorites. That's one of the songs that he wrote in North Carolina with us in the house, and that's one of that's great. You said that in the word. I'm saying we was actually just discussing that. That's one of the fastest songs he wrote. He actually timed himself. He said, "You know what? I'm gonna see how fast I can write." You know what I mean? He had just wrote a song before that, fast, kind of fast, right. but it didn't have the hook. He said, "You know what? I think I could write even faster than that." And I mean, cause I think I just knocked out a song for like two and a half hours, whole song, boom. Right. So he tried to top that. Topped it with Damien. He wrote Damien in an hour and a half. Wow. Cooking everything. That that whole him playing two different people before I was like, Yeah. That's me. I about nah. That's X doing that. And he wrote both of those parts and the, uh, everything one hour and thirty minutes. So you're you were in there while he's writing this and and uh Yeah, cause we was timing him. No, but I'm I'm curious because like obviously him rapping from the perspective of the you know the devil or whatever you want to call it damien you know like, yo d what's up you a smooth so like was like did he have the like like talk about the concept like how did he come up with that concept because if you guys were there i mean that's crazy that's a I, that's one of the crazier records on his first album that like always just sticks out to me yeah yeah like that right there that was something he was actually dealing with in in life in reality you know what i mean that right there so that was real for him like that was i'm telling you that's the fastest record if because it always felt to me as a kid not knowing any better i always thought to myself damn dmx sold his soul to the devil <laughs> and then belly came out and in the opening scene there's the little boy and he's quoting shit from damien and i was like oh my god he did sell his soul. <laughs> this shit is crazy now mind you i'm a grown adult now and i'm no better but like i really thought i was like this motherfucker dmx is he's really yeah, like you know what i'm saying like so that was something he was like really battling with, just kind of like the battle with just just just, just, just with life generally. Franchise, like he had a hard life. Yeah, like Franchise says so. You know what I mean, you know, just follows him growing up as a kid and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? You know, he's really from the street, so you know, it's times he had to live in the street and been homeless. And I've been homeless. There's a lot of artists that actually came into this game being homeless. And of course. Homeless. Having nothing to go to, you know what I'm saying? So that was some of the demons, you know what I'm saying? That <clears throat> that you might be fighting. There might be some like you be like, all right, I'm hungry right now, and it's a lady, and and that purse look real nice, and I'm hungry right now, and I'm contemplating on yes. taking this purse. Even though you're a good person, you might you might. Person, but you like I'm starving right yeah, now. Yeah, but you might have so to make a hard decision. Make a, you know what I'm saying? So these are decisions that he had to deal with. So he was just. You know, you know, he was just able to capture it, you know what I mean, you know, and put it in his music, you know. I saw um I watched the uh the Rough Riders uh BT thing, uh I forget what 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 they call I watched 
not 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 the memorial the um documentary the docuseries they did was it last year oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah yeah and i didn't realize that uh it's crazy because swiss coming up as a young guy in the camp um you know with some favoritism because of the family situation but there was like a some of the other producers kind of felt some type of way about swiss's like ascendance in in you know obviously swiss is an all-time great producer like how was how how was it being around swiss early on before he was like a thing because he became a thing real quick his sound became very distinct very fast and automatically i think everyone just had swiss beats beats but early on like you know he was a kid he was he started off as a dj obviously but like did you kind of always see that in swiss like it, um i was like at the time i was just so busy working on my album i was I was just working on opposite H2O. I was trying my best to get beats from anybody. You know what I'm saying? Really, really. Trying to get some shit the DMX didn't take. He probably got all the hot shit. Yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was actually trying to get beats from uh, Swiss, PK, Greece. Right. Uh, you know, from any producer that I, you know what I'm saying? You know, like a lot of my stuff, I always work with a lot of up and coming producers. So that's what I just always was just focused on. I was just focused on that. Fire. Um, the Rough Rider compilations were very, very uh, historic. Um, and you had some of your, I think, some of your dopest moments on those. Uh, what, what was, like, like when you guys were making those compilations, were the record, like, would you guys, like, purposely go in and be like, yo, we're working on Ride or Die Volume 1, that's what we're working on? Or was it, like... Hey, look, who's got extra records and everything I put together? Like, how how do those songs come to be? Um, you know, I mean, like we are lay, like we are lay some records and stuff like that, and some records to make it there, and some records to make it there. You know what I'm trying to say? So that's what it really was. Like a lot of people thought the song with me and Juvenile was gonna be on my album. Mm. It didn't make it there. It made it. It made it to. Hey, and it might it might have should have been on that, on your album because yeah, that, like that would have probably been the single. Yeah, a, a lot of people say that you know what I'm saying, but they wanted that look for that, so it was just you know, like certain songs just went where you know what I mean, you know, like wherever they wanted it to go. You know, man. Me, my job was just writing and and just trying to lay as much songs as possible. What was it like having the locks uh, be brought into the fold? Um, because at the time, obviously, the locks were some of the hottest artists in New York. There was the huge. Uh, Bad Boy Split and, you know, We Are the Streets is a Bible for a lot of people out here. You know what I'm saying? But what was it like? Because, like, yo, think about the competition within just the crew. It's you. It's X. It's Eve. It's the locks. I mean, shit, Young One was fire. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like what what was that like having the locks come into the fold? Um, I, I, I always seen them in the fold. Like, I never really seen them out the fold. No matter where they was at, it was always... I mean, you know, they always was like locks were there before me. So, oh, they were there already. Yeah, I mean, I felt like yeah, it was like some Yonker shit. Really, it was yeah. like some Yo shit. They never was really not there. You know, man. You know, I mean, like, I mean, like since the first day I got over there, they always was there. X was there. You know, I mean, you know. Give me some, um, some, some, some of your fondest memories of being on tour. Well, first of all, we could talk about the uh, there was the Rough Riders Cash Money tour. Which was pretty dope, but the, the the tour that I remember that we talked about was that hard that hard knock life tour, which is like a moment in hip hop, Method Man and Red Man flying through the air. Yeah, 
Unlock Life Tour was the tour that prepared me for the Rough Rider Cash Money Tour. You know what I mean? That actually prepared me, you know what I mean? Because I actually had to come out twice and perform, you know what I mean? You know, um, on the Hard Knock Life Tour, you know what I mean? So it gave me a taste of being an artist, you know what I'm saying? You know, performing in front of hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people, you know what I mean? So, you know, it kind of made, it, 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 it kind of molded me, you know what I mean? So when, when I started doing regular clubs and stuff like that, I was tearing them down. Of course. Used to yeah, yeah. Yeah, what because I mean, that tour, the dynamic of Hove and DMX at the time was so interesting to me because obviously they were both at the top of their game. Um, there was all these rumblings about there being that Murder Inc. group with him and Ja Rule and, and Hove. And and uh, I think anybody who you would have probably asked at the time probably would have said that DMX should have probably closed that tour out. You know what I'm saying? At the time, obviously Jay-Z is the greatest of all time, but at that time, DMX was scorching <laughs> like scorching um was there like and like how was their relationship because it we watched the hard knock life uh documentary like I, I, I mean you know like far dmx and um and whole like i wasn't there for that so i don't really know what that was i know it was always mutual respect because no for sure it was always respectful yeah. but like there had to be some sort of friendly competition you would think between oh yeah probably so yeah like i mean you know but but that's just New York, like yeah. Always, who's the king of New York? Talk. Yeah, that's 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 what that's about. That's that that's a New York thing. That, that you know what I mean? You know, we're always in competition with each other. You know what I mean? You know, that's just New York. So yeah, I feel like New York is probably the most competitive city in hip hop. Yeah, we're competitive. You know what I mean? Everybody, especially back then, because everybody was who's the king of New York? Biggie's gone. So who's the king of New York? <laughs> it was like, is it Hove? Is it Ghostface Killer? Is it DMX? Is it is it Fat Joe? Is it, that's crazy. Um, so obviously, you know, with X passing the way he did, man, you know, he's had a, a, a troubled uh, history when it comes to. I mean, also a very open history when it comes to his his you know use of certain substances and stuff like that. Was that something that was all, like? Was that something that everyone around him kind of knew was going on, or was it something that became worse over time? Like. Yeah, with the drugs. Well, well, X never did any drugs around me ever, not one time. I put that on my daughter. He knew not to do that around me. So I don't really know too much about the drugs. Like, like, like far as the drugs, and I put this on my daughter, my grandma, my mom's, everything. Like, he never, ever did drugs around me, not one time. But did you guys know that that was a thing? Or was it like if you didn't see it, so you didn't really know? Or I never really, uh, I mean, you know, he was such a dope artist, and I was just so focused on that part of his life, you know what I mean? You know, especially with him not trying it around me, having that respect for me. I just always looked at him as the great artist that he is. That's it. I never looked at him in, in no other way but that. You know what I'm saying? At what um what what year did you end up kind of starting to split away from Rough Riders and being around X so much? Because you yeah I think you said Helen Back came out in oh two oh three. Yeah, maybe oh three So at that point in time, I'm trying to think, oh three, oh four, that's probably around the time the Grand Champ. Is that Grand Champ type era? Yeah, like oh three, when we were shooting crazy to the grave, he was working on his third album. So he was working on uh and then there was X. Yeah, I think Because so. that was that was his third album, yeah. Um Hey, cause you said you were at the What These Bitches Want video, so that was on that album. Did did your relationship with Rough Rider Souring affect your like your relationship with X? Uh 
Nah, um, me and X was always brothers, always going to remain brothers, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, we always was genuine. That's like when we came across each other, it was straight brothership. There wasn't none of that. I mean, like, like the relationship that me and X had, it wasn't just, it wasn't just based on music, you know what I mean? You know, it was, it was like some real genuine shit. That's, yeah. When's the last time you spoke with him? Last time I spoke to X, probably me, I don't know. Seven eight months ago, you saw Fifty Five Times. I mean, like like it was months before he uh, passed. I mean, because he was working on his album, right? And I was working on BOF Four. You know I mean? Yeah. So I was, and I just did a big transition, moving from the east to the west. So it was kind of hard for me when I first got to the west because I didn't really know how the west really moved like that. Cause it's my first time yeah. living out here. So he was so focused on his joint, I was just focused on my joint. We spoke. Yo, have to stop the Bootleg Kev podcast real quick and shout out our sponsor, Ob Socks. That's right. They've been holding us down from the jump, man. And they're not only the makers of the most comfortable socks in the world, shout out to Odd Socks, but they also now got the draws, man. The boxer briefs are so fire. They're so soft. They feel great on your ass, your nuts, whatever you're into. You know what I'm saying? Whatever you got, they'll cover them up real, real comfortably. And ladies, you know you can wear these things to sleep. So go to oddsocksofficial.com, use the keyword bootleg Kev, save 20% off. You know, one of the licenses they just got that I love uh, are the Naruto socks. They just got the Naruto socks. Of course they got WWE. Those are mankind socks, ladies and gentlemen. SpongeBob. And shout out to the, the GOAT, Ric Flair. So what you got to do, get you some odd socks. Thank me later. Save 20% off at checkout by using the keyword bootleg Kev at oddsocksofficial.com. And we are super proud that they're presenting this podcast. Let's get back to it. Yeah, I think that there's obviously an unfair expectation um, when we see someone like X pass away and how he passed away. Where, you know, there's so many woulda, coulda, shoulda's that people try to bring up. Like, hey, well, you know, uh, you know, maybe people closer to him could have spoke up or, 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 or intervened or, you know, uh, had an intervention or whatever the case is. But... You know, I think that um, I think that there was probably a lot of that that we didn't see because I know I know you know obviously Swiss is 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 a uh, you know somebody who was very close to X. But did did you feel like maybe looking back that there were people around him that could have maybe done more way back then? At the time, X is the hottest rapper in the world. There's boatloads of money coming in, so I'm sure that like. Some stuff was ignored because it's like, hey, whatever makes him happy, we're just gonna do because the money's coming. Was there something that you think, like, like you, like, like, thinking back, was there more that you think other people could have did? Not, not necessarily saying yourself, of course. I just always looked at X as an artist. I never looked at him how everyone else views or or or, or how someone else viewed that situation. I just looked at him as one of the greatest rappers I ever heard in my life. I mean, he's obviously your brother, your friend, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, I think it's a uh, it's, it's it's just it's just tragic, man. Anytime someone passes from that, like it's like fuck, man. Like that, everyone starts to think like, well, what woulda coulda. Like my mom's, like my mom's was a crackhead. My pops was a crackhead. Uh, my uncle did drugs and stuff like that. I had I had so many. You know, me don't like. I mean, you know. When you from the hood and stuff like that, and you grew up around that, like that's just all you know. You pretty much numb to it. 
you know what I'm saying? So, you know, when it came down to the relationship with me and DMX, I just looked at him as one of the greatest artists I ever seen in my life. That's it. I, 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 I didn't really, nah, you franchise, like, nah, you know, I didn't, I didn't really get into, uh, nah, you know, like, me and him always had a respect for each other where, nah, you know, we didn't, nah, you know, we had respect. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? We didn't dig deep and, you know what I mean? Like, X was an older brother to me, you know what I mean? You know, he wasn't like, like somebody, I could be like, yo, X, what the fuck you mean? You know what I'm trying to say? Like, you know like, I was his little brother. Right, 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 right. I just looked up to him like how you would look up to your big brother. Mm. But you might not be knowing that he's out there robbing liquor stores or whatever. You find out all you know is your big brother, right? Right, yeah, that's real shit. Mm-hmm. That's fair, man. You talk about the uh, the Cash Money Tour, which was a dope moment in hip-hop to have both of those crews on the road at the same time. Um, obviously, uh, I, I miss those kind of tours. I feel like we don't get those kind of tours in hip-hop anymore. Like that kind of energy where there was that big of artists all together at the same time on the same bill. I feel like there's too much ego in hip hop now where that kind of shit don't even fly no more. Yeah, it's it's just way too much ego. Um, I mean, you know, um, the word platform is used way too much. Oh, you know, I don't know if I really want that on my platform. You know, my platform. Yeah, it's some bullshit. Everyone's so worried. Yeah. Yeah, like I hate that word now. Like, think about it. Rough Riders and Cash Money. Two different genres, like not th- two different pieces of the country, two different totally different sonically movements coming together on the road is fucking crazy. That wouldn't even happen these days. It'd be like if fucking, you know, imagine if like Kendrick Lamar went on tour with fucking NBA Youngboy. People be like, what? That don't even make sense. Give me some like what what what's what's like your some of your favorite stories about that tour? Like give me a story from that tour that you kind of look back on that was pretty crazy. Um, just me being able to actually come out every night and rock the crowd. That's the biggest story for me. You know what I'm trying to say? Just me actually going out there and representing drag. You know what I mean? You know that's the biggest story for me. That's that's what I'm going to always remember. You know what I mean? You know. Did you and Juvenile perform together? The record off the uh... the last show in New York. That's it. The whole tour, we didn't perform in that one time. But you guys did it do it once. We did it once, and I think for New York. Did you um, do that song together in the studio? Because nowadays we no, think... we didn't do this song together. So it wasn't together. I met him on the Rough Rider Cash Money Tour. That's for the first time, I guess, song's been out. That song was already number one in the world. Wow. And then I met him. Hey, what's up? How you doing, yo? Hey, yo, we got that song together. That song, yo, we got him. That's it. That's how we met. That shit's crazy. On tour, wow! That shit, that's that's wild. Um, you just put a new album out, which is, by the way, you're spitting, man. Thank you. Appreciate it, it feels like, like you said, it feels like you had like you, you almost like you got a a bro fucking point to prove. It's been almost twenty years since the last one. It's like you can't come with no bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this, I mean, like this album right here, it started from Bof Part One. And I had dropped that a couple years ago, and it did real good on the streets. You know what I'm saying? You know, the videos, like some of the videos on there got two, three million views on my fan page. So it did real good. Shout out to DJ Get It Right. Um, He's the one that actually started that because I didn't even want to drop no mixtape. I didn't think my buzz was good enough. But he was like, nah, it, it's, it's, it's doing good, Drag. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, we might could do it. And I mean, I had just dropped the Choke em Freestyle. That did like three, four million on the streets. So, uh, I mean, you know, um, 
So after that, it made me link up with him and do part two. So we did part two, and then we did part three together. So part four was kind of catering to those fan base that loved that uh, saga, but I really wanted them to know that I know how to do music too. Mm-hmm. So I put a lot of different music in. Let me, you know, after the fourth or fifth song, if you notice, the album go like another direction, which is. I mean, into a vibey type of right. uh, zone, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, part one, two, and three, I really was just like, I'm back, I'm spitting bars, right. what you talking about? Anybody? Part four, I, I didn't really care about that. I really just wanted people to enjoy the project. Who's, because um, there's so many incredible MCs that are thriving right now in hip-hop, um, who are some of the artists that you're fans of that are currently kind of like on the newer side of things? I like I like Rowdy Rich. Oh, Rowdy's of course, of course, man. Um, I like Moneybag Yo. Moneybag Yo's fire. Uh, um, you know, um, I'm a big fan of Kendrick. Big fan of J Cole. You, know, you, know. you fuck with any of the Griselda guys at all? Yeah. Yeah, that Griselda shit is like that's the energy. Like I feel like it's been missing, man. Like yeah, the, like that's the energy that New York was once on. You of me? course, so I have much respect for um, for Griselda Records, like you know, what I mean? you know like all the artists over there, Benny and all of them. Like, yeah, and I'm a huge fan of them. You know what I mean, because they are just just keeping the hip hop. They they are leaders, and they know that, and they're not following. You know, what I'm trying to say they actually are setting trends. Uh. So you were in Exit Wounds, Cradle to the Grave. What other movies? Were those the two? Uh, I've been Exit Wounds, Cradle to the Grave. I shot another movie with me, Ed Lover and Dr. Dre. Shout out to those guys are legends. Yeah. Um, Cradle to the... I mean, Exit Wounds had Steven Seagal. Cradle to the Grave had Jet Li. At the time, I mean, obviously, those are two of the greatest like uh, martial artists of all time when it comes to just on movies especially Jet Li man and that was like early on in Jet Li's like you know there was I feel like Jackie Chan was like the first guy in the 90s that like like was a superstar in China and crossed over and it worked in America and then there was Jet Li Mm -hmm. what was it like being on set with Jet Li like you know what I'm saying like Jet Li was a cool dude you know what I'm saying you know he's real short you know what I mean and um he barely spoke English, but he tried his best to speak to me in English, you know what I'm saying? So I kind of respected that, you know what I mean? Because he, I mean, you know, his English was real bad. I know it might have looked like he can talk a little bit, but... No, yeah, you could, yeah. It's, it's real, like, he had to have... A translator? Speech yeah. The whole time on every single part for him to get it right. Did, did you, like, um, you know... Acting wise, I feel like X's potential as an actor wasn't even sniffed. Like, I feel like it could have been so much bigger. Like, for some reason, I mean, I don't know. We just stopped getting DMX movies. You know, we had a there was so many fire ass DMX movies. I don't know if it was whatever was going on in his personal life, and he ended up stopped acting as much. But um, what did you like? Did he did he try to like kind of give you a lot of pointers on the acting shit early on? Because he was a solid actor. Yeah, X. Unlike Nas, Nas Nas was a terrible actor in that movie. I'm just, I'm just shout out to Nas, but X X X is the reason why I'm in movies. You know what I'm saying? Of course, X is the reason for Dragon. So anything you've seen that I did is probably because he did it first and allowed me to do it after. You know what I mean? 
What was it like? Um, st- describe Steven Seagal is a very uh, interesting fellow. What was what was being on a movie set with Steven Seagal like? It was real interesting because he took a liking to me. You know what I'm saying? For real. You know what I mean? You know, out of everybody on the set, he didn't really rock with too many people. Like Steven Seagal, the type of person that if he rock with you, he rock with you. If he don't, he don't. It, like, like you know what I mean? So, you know, he, with him actually taking a liking to me, it was like weird because I grew up on him. You know what I'm saying? You know, I was a huge fan and all that. I was actually able to tell him some of my favorite movies that he did. Wow. Like, you know what I'm saying? And then he was telling me what was going on at that time. So I'm just sitting there listening. So, you know, it was dope. And I mean, you know, like Steven Seagal was actually a cool dude. Super cool dude. Super cool dude with me. That's serious. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, you know what I mean? He used to be in the studio with Casey and JoJo. So, you know what I mean? He's into the music game and stuff. Like That's that. so rad. Can you imagine walking into a session and it's yeah. and it's Casey and JoJo and Steven Seagal? Yeah, I'm Yes, sir. He used to be in the studio with them like all the time. Were you ever in the studio with them at the same time? Nah. Oh, I was about to say nah. that'd have been. That's got to be crazy. Yeah, he used to tell me stories and all that stuff. I used to sit there and be listening, like you know what I mean. But you know, he's into the music, the whole. You know what I mean? You know, he's aware. Yeah, damn, that's that's wild, man. Um, the other thing I think that is dope is like you know, you, for people who are watching this who might have the same situation, like you have a speech impediment, and you have never let that be an excuse for you to do what you want to do right and you're also um you know some people are ashamed by that or they do their best to hide it but i think that it's important for there's somebody who could be watching this right now who's going through the same situation and might want to be a rapper or might want to think you might want to do tv or whatever and might not think that they can you know what i'm saying like and that's why i mean you know like when i first let it out you know what I mean? You know, on the Sway show, you know what I mean? You know, that I have a stuttering problem. I actually went up there not trying to hide it and stuff like that. Right now, I've been stuttering a little bit on this show. Yeah. I know they're pretty much going to see it, but I've been working on it. You know what I mean? So I'm not as bad, but my stuttering is real bad. You know what I'm saying? So I just stopped hiding it because I wanted people to know, all right? You know what I mean? You know, this is my imperfection, perfection. Mm-hmm. You, know I'm saying? you know, I'm not perfect. I want them... Uh, I mean, you know, because I know it's a lot of people that's that's probably are capable of doing so many things, but they be nervous on how somebody's gonna look at. Them. Yeah, that be the whole thing of when you stutter and you catch a real bad stuttering, and then you wondering if they're looking at you like you're crazy. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So with me being in a position that I am, this is this is what let them know that. No, you have a stuttering problem, but you're not retarded. You know what I'm trying to say? You're not slow. I'm very intelligent. You know well, you've also got had a, an extremely successful, you know, career using your voice. And, and, and I think that that's got to be inspirational because that would be the single most insecure thing that anybody could probably do. And that's decide to be an artist, a musician, you know, a, sing, a rapper. Like that, I really stopped doing interviews because of my stuttering, and then I said, "Nah, you know what? That's not a way where I could really show them that it can actually be done with a stuttering problem." I mean, you know, I was born with this. I got it on both sides of my family. You know, my father stuttered on my father, so that's on my father's yeah. side. My mom's side, my grandfather stuttered badly. He found out said, "Was he just? Um, let me, was he just passed away?" But uh, he had a real bad stuttering problem to the point where you can't even call him on the phone. Mm purpose you know what i'm saying so 
you know, I actually got it on both sides of my family, you know what I mean? So I just be wanting people to understand and know that it can still be done even even with it. You know what I'm trying to say? Right now, I can barely speak, but I'll flame 90% of these rappers out here. Listen, I'm going to tell you this, man. I pressed play on your new project, and I'm like, I haven't heard of Dragon Project in, since, I was, since I was in high school, maybe even junior high. And we was riding around to it yesterday, and I was like, yo. It might like I know not even gassing you, man. Like this might be the lyrically the most tip top I I heard you. You was really getting getting off, bro. Because you know sometimes you you press play like all right, let me hear this shit. You know I'm I'm afraid I'm, I'm almost like I'm afraid this shit's gonna sound dated or something or it's yeah, gonna be. Yeah. <laughs> I hit play on that bitch. I said this intro is crazy. <laughs> yeah, good luck. And then the next one, and I was like, damn. And you had some lines in there. I was like, yo, God, man. Yeah, man, I think, dude, I think, like, I just had this conversation with Jay Mills um, not too long ago, and I think that there is a a, a rare opportunity um, for artists such as yourself who are lyrically inclined to really uh, just, you know, thrive, because I think the pandemic has made people listen to music differently. We're not, sta- like, most of the country isn't standing on couches this the last year in a nightclub popping bottles they're in their cars or they're at home listening in their headphones so the substance and the lyrics that's why if you see the grammy nominations from 2020 it was all real rap shit it was royce the five nine it was freddie gibbs it was it was all all lyrical ill rap shit and i think that you know another thing too is like don't hold on to music anymore. You know, I think if any, if anything, uh, that Griselda and Westside Gun and Conway and Benny the Butcher have taught us over the last, you know, four years is run that indie catalog up. Yeah, run it up, man. Run, run it, it up. up for sure. Without the music, me, I got dropped. I mean, you know, like I started my own record label called Environment, and we put out music every week or every two weeks, and and that's not just songs. You know what I'm saying? Because we don't really rely on DJs. So we we put the song out with the video everything. So smart. Was, so when you first hear the record, you're looking at it. You find that's fire. You know, yeah, that's smart, man. Um, were you able to make it to uh, X's memorial service? Yes. How how was it? Because I mean, I thought it looked so amazing on TV. Uh, I mean, I, I know Kanye helped design like the the, the stage, and so it just looked great, man. It, it really, you know, it was obviously a very sad day, but like, um, how how was it for you to go to that? It was a lot for me to go to that, you know what I mean? You know, like I was in denial for a long time. So I, like like me, I had a hard time accepting it. Like, you know what I'm saying? You know, like I'm going to make my homie the rest. Like I had a hard time accepting it. So I actually booked my flight the day of. Like I, I was really contemplating it, you know what I'm saying? But I mean, you know, I mean, overall, I'm just glad I went for DMX. You know what I'm yeah, I mean, it also, you know, just has to bring up so much old feelings and then obviously every i mean everyone through probably through your hip-hop career was there you know i mean um were you were you able to reconcile or see anybody there that you hadn't talked to for a while or i was just there for dmx that was it in and out i was there for dmx dmx uh passed away so i was acting in such of that matter you know i mean all the way so i saw you know obviously swiss's speech um i thought was really I thought, I mean, what he said could be applied to anybody in your life, right? Like, as far as just, like, being there for people, not just when they're gone, like, being there for when they're here. Um, 
what what did you think of uh of just the services like like swiss's speech i thought was anybody should watch that if they haven't seen it you know he kept, he kept it a thousand um but what were your thoughts on what he had to say and my thoughts was on my speech but you, you had to worry about your own shit <laughs> my, speech, my speech um was really focused on what he have done for me you know what i'm saying and what he is to me and i'm hurting that he passed away how how hard of that is to is that to write like to put that together into words um see my speech just came from the heart i didn't write it so you just went up there and just just told your truth man and just spoke exactly what it is you know what i mean so let me know like like with it like with my speech being straight from the heart real genuine it made me uh shed a tear too you know what i'm saying because i know where um let me you know um where it came from right a real place me i i just i i just was uh i mean you know happy that everybody showed dmx love um you know the love that he deserved you know what i'm saying you know that was my thing my thing was just showing up for the homie that's it um have you been privy to hear uh his new album at all anything from his new album um i i heard two records from it dope you know what i mean you know, um, I mean, you know, like DMX never really put out too much um, songs that wasn't great. He was just great, period. So. This is true. I wish we would have got more, man. Yeah. yeah, I always think back like, what if DMX just never let up on this rap shit? A lot of people's careers would have been... Because, man, I feel like he let up, and that's when you had the job rule slide in and have his, like, you know, the R&B wave. And it was really only because X kind of just let up on this shit. You know what I'm saying? And went into act. And you know what I mean? It was like he kind of left a hold. Yeah, it, it's crazy. W- would there ever be a, or would you ever consider being a part of a Rough Rider reunion? I mean, obviously, without X, that's going to be hard to accomplish. Right now, but I'm focused on my record label called Hood Environment, which we just dropped the album March 5th, and we're doing successful with that company. That's a company I started since 06. It's 2000, it's, it's 2021. So this was, has been a long grind. Um, I got my releasement from Rough Riders in 07. I was, uh, uh, my man, you know, and um, I started my record label from then. So I've been so focused on that. I mean, you said that that lawsuit kind of broke you, right? So I can only imagine that getting on the other side of that, like the animosity that you might have towards Rough Riders in general. like Animosity? Who, who told you that? No, I, I'm saying that you, t- you said that after you got released that, Going through and hiring lawyers and stuff, you ended up like kind of yeah, broke. I end up, I end up being broke. I end up being uh, homeless. You had to go back to the streets. Yeah, but I had to go back to the streets and restart my career. So you ended up homeless after Rough Riders. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. I, I was, I, I was actually homeless while I was still on Rough Riders. You were homeless. So, so explain to me being homeless. Like, when you say homeless, what does that you mean? Don't have a place to stay. So you actually were definitively homeless while still being on Rough Riders. So I started my company and just kept building for the past 10 years. So did DNY know you were homeless or was that something where it was like it was that the relationship was so sour? I don't know. Like, I mean, you know, like once I left Rough Riders, I focused on hood environment. Right. Damn. For people watching this, man, that, that's that's a low that is hard to come out of being homeless, right? Mm-hmm. Especially being drag on from Rough Riders, hitting homelessness, 
having to get back to the streets to get your money up. The perseverance that that takes, the dedication, the like mental fortitude that that takes to not let that shit break you. Gotta be crazy, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, at, at, at the end of the day, I don't really like rely too much on the people that's down here on this earth with me. You feel what I'm trying to say? I rely on God. God got me. You know what I mean? So, you know, I'm here on the strength of God. I am living proof that God will help you if you ask him. You know what I'm saying? If you pray, if you prayed up, if you keep yourself within the bubble of prayer, then God will be there for you. You feel what I'm trying to say? And 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 even for the people that don't pray. You feel what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. But just believe in God. You feel what I'm trying to say? God got them too. You know what I'm saying? So my thing was just, let me like once I did that, I just focused on my company and then the streets started catching on to it. So I just, I just stay focused on that. How long was that period of time that you were actually homeless? Like before you got a play? Like how long? Like how long was that? Maybe like a, a year and a half, two years or something like that. Wow. Damn, man. Well, look, you came a long way, bro. Yeah. And uh, as listen, you're a part of history. Yes, sir. You are a part of history, man. Yes, sir. Never denying that. And how did you think the um the the, the documentary came out on BT the the was it was it was it uh the five was it five episodes something like that oh you didn't watch it I didn't watch it I didn't watch it I thought I thought it was dope I mean again I'm I'm a fucking when I was a kid I used to tag up DMX and Rough Rider logo on all my folders and that was all the posters I had in my room and yeah. so I was just like yeah this yeah. shit is great yeah. but yeah is is it's also kind of got to be crazy too because like. You're kind of like a part of a fraternity that'll forever exist on this planet that has nothing to do with hip hop. Like the motorcycle club shit is so big. Just the culture of that R that has nothing to do with the music or the record label. It's just so big. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Well, look, your album is out. Yes. Um, are you, I hope you keep putting out. You're gonna keep putting out more albums. Yes, we're working on. I'm already working on another project that's so dope right now. Is 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 out of here. You know what I mean? So, you know, um. We don't have a name. Somebody just used the damn name, but they didn't know. Which name it was, was it supposed to be? Oh, okay, okay. It was a name that had just been used, right? So not me, you know. But they, they didn't know that that was the name of my situation. Right, 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 right. So you got to switch like, the name up that, now. Switch the name up now. Switch the name, but it's all good though. And I mean, you know, the music is great. It sounds super big. You know, what I mean, you know, it's it's is it, and it's and it's actually better than Bof Four. You know, what I mean, because it got just a little bit. Type of vibe on this joint that I just know everybody gonna love. Hey, what I didn't ask you about, uh, I always was curious about Eve, man. Eve was, uh, I think it, when we when we always talk about the greatest female hip hop rappers of all time, for some reason I feel like people kind of just don't bring her up, and I think that's just because she hasn't been active for a while. But like, uh, what was your relationship like with Eve? Brothers and sisters. So just like any brother or sister relationship, yeah. highs and lows, and it was always love. That's it. It's always love. That's it. Brothers and sisters. You know what I mean? You know. You can actually go to my Instagram page. I actually, I think, like, my last post or the post before that you see when we saw each other is genuine. You know what I mean? You know, it's brothers and sisters. That's it. That's a beautiful thing, man. Well, look, drag on. The legend. Go get the album. Yes, sir. Go stream it. Bootleg Kev. And, uh, man, welcome to uh, Cali, too. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Glad Cali. to have you on the West Coast. I love the weed, man. <laughs> Boom. Up. Z ready. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. 
The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 